I got up on the subway and gave my seat to a woman who was holding onto a strap. She was rather surprised. And she said to me, why did you do that? <laughs> well, I looked at her and I saw that she was absolutely incapable of understanding a spiritual reason. And I said to her, well, madam, I tell you, ever since I was a little boy, I've had an infinite respect for a woman with a strap in her hand. <laughs> The Eternal Word Television Network presents Fulton J. Sheen's Emmy Award-winning series, Life is Worth Living. You are a loyal son of the church, the Holy Father told Bishop Sheen. You have spoken and written well of our Lord. People of all faiths recognized Bishop Sheen as one of the greatest communicators of the 20th century. He was born in El Paso, Illinois. As a young boy, he knew he wanted to be a priest. He served as an altar boy at St. Mary's Cathedral in Peoria, Illinois. His education and his debating skills at St. Viator College taught him a major lesson he used throughout his life, his unique ability of being natural and at ease in front of an audience. He was ordained in 1919 and went on to become one of the best known and greatly loved priests in our church history. When people watched him on television, they waited for his goodbye, his blessing, God love you. It gave them joy and hope and it continues to do the same for us. Friends, one of the most curious reasons for ever listening to this program was given last week. One woman said to another, be sure to listen to Bishop Sheen. He's wonderful. You know, in order to get an audience, all he uses is a piece of chalk and a blackjack. <laughs> well, you asked for it, namely the subject of angels. We received many requests for that particular subject. As you know, there are various names that are given to angels. Sometimes a pedestrian that jumped too late is called an angel. <laughs> Every year is a leap year for the pedestrian. <laughs> and then, of course, those who give money to produce Broadway shows are also called angels. We do not know the origin of that expression, possibly because their money has wings. Then before marriage, many young girls are called angels by the young men who are in love with them. After marriage, they are called angels too, because they're always harping on something. <laughs> and sometimes, but perhaps less often, young men before marriage are called angels by the young ladies who love them. And then after marriage, well, one little girl said to her mother, Mommy, she said, I've never seen an angel with a beard or a mustache. Do men ever go to heaven? And the mother said, yes, child, but they get in by the close shave. <laughs> Whenever I travel, I am always asked, 
Where is your angel? Well, as a matter of fact, I always tell them, but they never seem to understand it. Well, I have my angel with me, so have you. Of course, you cannot see the angel. But our modern world does not believe in angels. Curious, but an angel is put in the category of a myth. Around Christmas time, we have a number of gold ones for commercial purposes. But it is felt to be just a transitional period between infancy and that of adult maturity. And the reason we do not believe in angels is easy enough to understand. Our modern world happens to be rather materialistic. And so most people live in a closed universe in the sense that they believe that man is just an animal, he has no immortal soul, the sole purpose of life is a little security and a little pleasure. There's no world of spirit outside this world of matter. Modern minds are very much like the Soviet world. Soviet world is a closed society. The only great influence in the outside world the Soviets allow in is science. That's because they can turn science back against the world. Well, if you live in a materialistic universe which denies spiritual values, obviously there's no place for angels. Then there are other penalties too. Uh, one shows up in architecture. Have you noticed that modern architecture is absolutely without decoration? Look at the building of the United Nations. It looks like a kind of a cracker box. <laughs> Cellophane windows. Many of the buildings that are going up on Park Avenue. Why this type of architecture? Well, simply because since there's no spirit world, nothing immaterial, then there's nothing to represent symbolically. When people had faith and when they believed in a world beyond this, then matter was used to symbolize the spirit, such as gargoyles and cathedral, phoenixes and the like. And when we settle down to the dull, drab existence of a material universe, Decoration passed out. We also see this effect of materialism on the relationships of person with person. How little courtesy there is in the world today. There used to be courtesy and politeness simply because we believe that every other person bore within himself a divine image. Hence, we treated that person with respect. Today, Little courtesy anywhere. I, the other day, I got up on a subway and gave my seat to a woman who was holding onto a strap. She was rather surprised. And she said to me, why did you do that? <laughs> well, I looked at her and I saw that she was absolutely incapable of understanding a spiritual reason. And I said to her, well, madam, I tell you, ever since I was a little boy, I've had an infinite respect for a woman with a strap in her hand. <laughs> but the fact that our materialistic world has no room for angels does not mean that it still needs the infinite and the spiritual. Look at our children. They're not taught anything about angels. But a child cannot abandon the infinite. He tumbles among the stars. You might almost say he's stardusty with the infinite, constantly asking the question why. 
And so when his parents do not give him anything of this spirit world, what does he have? Space cadets, Captain Video, Captain Midnight, Superman. All substitutes for angels in the world of spirit. So it is with adults. We have not the infinite, so we manufacture substitutes. We speak of the ids and the inferiority complex. Did you ever see an inferiority complex out for a walk? So we become interested in the inhabitants on Mars and flying saucers. All these are poor substitutes for the world of spirit. But a carnalized, materialized world cannot believe in angels. But reason can. We know there are angels. How do we know? Well, we know, first of all, let me tell you what an angel is, the origin of the word. Angelos means messenger. An angel was understood to be a creature far below God and yet far above man. Purely spiritual, without a body, but possessed of an intellect and will. Jews believed in angels. As a matter of fact, they believed that St. Michael the Archangel is the protector of Israel. Muslims believe in angels. Christians believe in angels. And pagans believe in angels. Reason demands angels. Seneca speaks of angels. So does Virgil. So does Plutarch. Epictetus said that every man is a guardian angel. Plato and Aristotle said that God used the angels for the government of the world. And the reason pagans believed in angels was something like this. An angel to a pagan was necessary because of the hierarchy of the universe. First they said here is the world of matter. Then above that is the world of life. Above that is the world of sentiency belonging to animals. Above that is the world of intellect and will in man with a body. Therefore, they said there ought to be some creatures above possessed of an intellect and a will, but without a body and below God. And hence, they people their world with angels. An angel is very smart, much smarter than man. He knows more science than Einstein, knows more baseball than Leo de Rocher, <laughs> knows more jokes than Bob Hope, and knows a million times better than I do how to give a good television show. When an angel has an idea, take for example the idea of man, the angel knows every individual man in the world in virtue of that universal idea. We do not. We just know humanity in general. I know that girls would like to have ideas like that, so if they had a general idea of a man, they would know every single man in the world. <laughs> that belongs only to angels. But then, of course, an angel does not know everything. There are certain limitations. An angel does not know future contingent events. An angel does not know the mysteries of grace. 
unless God reveals those. And thirdly, an angel does not know the secrets of the heart and the motivations of the will. Only the psychiatrist knows those. <laughs> then an angel has no body. When angels appear to man, they have the appearance of bodies, but they're just like the dickies the waiters wear. They zip up the back. <laughs> the theme song of an angel is, I ain't got no body. <laughs> and therefore, an angel never has anything that gets loose, which is a great convenience. Now, not all angels are good. There are some angels that are bad. And uh, I'm going to get, if my little angel doesn't change this board in a minute, I'm going to give him a square halo because he'd be a blockhead. <laughs> were created good, but they were not confirmed in glory. There is a law running through the universe that no one shall be crowned unless he has struggled. And hence man is put on this earth to say I or nay to his eternal destiny. And the angels themselves had to pass the, te pass the test. What that test was, we do not know for sure. We can only guess. And one of the beautiful guesses is this. It is presumed that God revealed to the angels the fact that man would sin through an abuse of freedom and that God would redeem man in the person of Christ. And when the angels looked forward to God in the form of man, they rebelled. They said that God should not lose such dignity as to descend a lowly human nature. That he should become an angel if he would humiliate himself. And they refused to adore God who would become man. So some of them were lost. And when an angel is lost, there's no change of mind. An angel can't change his mind. Now, no wisecracks about women. They say uh, the reason a woman's mind is cleaner than a man's is because she changes it more often. <laughs> but an angel can't change its mind because an angel sees the consequences of each and every one of its decisions with the same clarity that you and I see the part can never be greater than the whole. And once we understand the meaning of the word part and the meaning of the word whole, the principle flashes. It's irrevocable. We never can take it back. Man does not see things that clearly. Hence, man can be forgiven 70 times 7. But the angel's will and decision is irrevocable. If lost, they are lost forever. And they are called the bad angels. And there are a lot of them. One wonders, incidentally, if many of the people today who are committing murder 
And we're saying, I heard a voice saying, kill him, kill him. It was not an evil spirit suggesting it. Though an evil spirit cannot impose itself upon the will of man. Man still remains free. The suggestion would come from the outside, just like a billboard or an evil book. Now, what is the function of angels? Well, we'll not have time to tell the functions of all the angels, some that glorify God, and others that are used in the government of the universe, but we'll mention two that concern man. One function of the angel is illumination, and the other function is that of being a guardian. First of all, illumination. An angel can illumine our mind in the way of truth and also infuse good ideals. We should not be surprised at that. After all, there is such a thing now, it would seem from our psychological laboratories, as extrasensory perception in which, in the sensible order, there does seem to be the influence of one mind on another mind. Nothing material passing between the minds. A professor illumines the mind of his students, unless he isn't a good professor. Some professors are not good, they're just textbooks wired for sound. <laughs> but a really good professor does illumine his students. And then, too, how very often for example, uh, there will be communication of person with person in a room, and no one else seems to be conscious except those two persons. Didn't Pinza popularize that idea? Across a crowded room. And I think, too, not only does an angel put good ideas into our heads, but I believe also that an angel sometimes, when we do wrong, stirs up our souls, causes a little bit of anxiety and worry and fear, so that if we're not going to God with the path of goodness, the angel will worry us until we throw ourselves back again to God. It is a pity that Human beings who have angels, and every individual has an angel, it is a pity they're not more conscious of the fact that they could be much wiser if they prayed to their angels. Uh, after all, aren't we much better always when we travel in society that's a little bit nobler than ourselves? Even the children, have you ever noticed? They will often say to their mother, Mama, watch me as I do this. And then they always do it better. I play better tennis with a pro than I do with a dub. <laughs> Why, you have a chance to move in a far better society than the Joneses. Why worry about keeping up with the Joneses? Keep up with the angels. And you'd be far wiser and happier. And then, too, an angel is a guardian. Every person in the world has a guardian angel. And why? 
Well, because every individual is worth more than the entire universe. As our blessed Lord said, what doth it profit a man if he gain the world? Lose his soul. Below us, there are only species, and nature is careful not to preserve individuals, but just species. But when you come to man, each one is of sovereign worth, and God has given to each a guardian. And hence our Lord said of the guardian angels of children, that the angels of children always see the face of the Father in heaven. What is it that protects children when they fall out of second and third story windows? One wonders honestly how a child ever gets to be a man. And you think of the pots and pans they can pull off on themselves and all the harm that they can get into and the fires they start. It's a good thing the good Lord has given them, guardian angels. And parents ought to tell their children about the guardian angels and pray to them in order that the children may be safe during the day. And then even in times of war, a Jewish soldier told me this story. During a battle, he was with four men in a trench. And it seems as if this particular shell that hit killed the four men. He alone was saved. He said he heard a voice saying to him, get out of this trench. And he crawled on his stomach across the mud to another shell hole, and as he did, the shell exploded in the one that he left. In the second hole, the second time, he heard the voice, and he left that, and the shell exploded there, and that continued five times. And the Jew afterwards told me, for the first time in my life, I began to feel the protection of God through an angel. He said, I'd read about angels in the New Testament, but had never thought of them. And then flying. Some people are afraid to fly. You know, I think that's a terrible insult against God to be afraid to fly. Because people are practically saying to the good Lord, as long as I'm here on this earth, you can't touch me. <laughs> I'm safe. So they are saying to the good Lord, you are a coward. You may be lurking behind one of those white clouds and you'll come out and stop the propeller and send me down to the earth. Every time, every day of my life, I always say a prayer to St. Raphael. He's mentioned in the Old Testament, as you know, as the one who traveled with Tobias. I pray every day to St. Raphael to guard me when I fly and when I travel. TWA, travel with angels. <laughs> that, that, that commercial ought to get me a free trip to Newark sometime. <laughs> and the good Lord has turned the beautiful side of the clouds to himself, and it's really wonderful to get up above the clouds and glorify God. We might do, do it here on earth. And therefore, may I say to you, the reason we do not think of angels is because we do not think of God.
just as soon as we begin to think of God, or rather cease thinking of ourselves as tiny little gods, then we'll begin to believe in spirits that are wiser than ourselves can instruct and guard us. There may be a public library around the corner from you, but you do not use it and therefore are not wise. There may be uranium in your backyard, but you do not use a Geiger counter and you are not wealthy. There may be a Bible on your shelf, but you're not reading it and therefore lacking spiritual inspiration. And there are angels near you to guide you and protect you did you but invoke them. It is not later than we think. <coughs> it is a bigger world than we think. Stir your soul, start a wing, and you will discover it to be the wing of an angel of God. Bye now, and God love you.